and I felt terrible, like I'm coercing her to to save money for the for the future, and it it was a tough conversation. You've tuned in to the Art of Money and Communication podcast. My name is Joshua and this is the place where you can come on Wednesdays to hear inspiring financial stories from everyday normal people just like you and just like me. Another Wednesday and we're here with fresh brand new microphone audio which I hope that you appreciate. I've been really looking forward to recording this episode for that very reason. Now I was wondering what on earth can I say? And I've been making some notes on my phone over the last few weeks, jotting down behaviours that help me strive towards financial independence. Now, some of these behaviours will just be quite frugal and silly. Others are a very integral part of of my financial plan and help me keep me help keep me on the straight and narrow. Let's say. So let's just start at the beginning and make our way through this list. Number one is. Hotel breakfasts. I tend to work away quite a lot. My last trip in Finland was a good example of this. They had a lovely, delicious hotel breakfast. I was staying for four, three or four nights, I think. And I decided to take advantage of the the hotel breakfast. And what what do I mean exactly by that? So filling up on those high quality foods, enjoying the experience of of being in a nice restaurant, having a nice view, then the the cheesy music on the background, and just enjoying that and calling it a day. So I combine hotel breakfast and intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting is something I do anyway, but that just means that I essentially have I had one meal a day whilst I was on this on this tour. And it worked perfectly because it meant over that three, four days, I had no other associated expenses. I was filling up on that breakfast, no extra drinks, no extra food. And it just takes away any uncertainty. One downside was I did get invited to lunch with some colleagues. And I thought, oh gosh, I've just had this big breakfast and I didn't really want to eat anyway. I didn't decline. I went along with them and said, I'm happy to come and have a drink, but I, I won't be won't be eating with you. So that was a little bit of a downer. But it did mean that, honestly, it's so easy when you're away to fall into the trap of just thinking, right, I'll just eat out here, eat out there. And if you're eating lunch and dinner out three, four days of the week whilst away, that's easy, 100, 150 euros off fee. And it, it felt great to to make that work, and uh, I, I really really enjoyed it and thought it worked well. So perhaps that's something that you could consider for yourself in the future. Moving onwards, oh yeah, this is a this is an interesting one. I, I don't drink alcohol. <laughs> I, I I I mentioned that not to be righteous, but purely from a financial perspective. It's always cheaper not drinking alcohol when you go to a pub or a bar. <laughs> it's always the cheaper option. I, why do I do that? I, oh, I don't know. It's part of a deeper question, I, I guess. But I've never really been interested in drinking alcohol. I got the drinking out of my system when I was under the age of 18. And then when I hit 18, I, I felt, oh, I've, I've already done that. I'm not really interested in it. And it, it served me pretty well in life. I'm, I'm always very, very... Uh, have a cheap night out. And uh, the only downside about that is when you're feeling generous and you buy a round of drinks, 
it's always considerably more expensive because you're buying everyone else alcoholic drinks. But it's important to be generous from time to time. And you don't want to be counting the pennies when thinking of such things. Now, this is an interesting one. I am considering getting laser eye surgery. Now, I'm not advocating for this because I'm in very much in the early stages of, of researching this. However, I went to the opticians about almost a year ago now, and I went to Specsavers, and the optician gave me a, a little bit of a bashing, saying that the lenses, contact lenses that I was buying online were just not fit for purpose, they were very cheap, they were bad quality, and just gave me a real lecturing, basically. And, well, the first thing he said is, well, we, we've got some great contact lenses here, and they cost, I think they were 40, maybe 40, 50 pounds a month, like big, big, big bucks. And uh, I really struggled with that. I thought, what am I going to do? So I sat on my hands for a while, and, and I, I already had load of contact lenses that I bought in advance anyway of these old ones so I had to wear those but the impact of that conversation with the optician or the eye doctor if you're listening in America uh, stayed with me and I started to research laser eye surgery now the technology seems to have changed so much I remember when it first came out that it was thousands and thousands of pounds whereas now it's much much more reasonable and in my wife's country which is in europe it's even cheaper so it looks like in the early stages of investigating once again that i can get both eyes done for under a thousand pounds and I would consider that potentially a decent investment. So when you think about the cost, the cost of the contact lenses over the long term, comparing that to to laser eye, I think actually you're making a saving. So again, that this happens in in other areas of life, doesn't it? When we pay our car tax, for example, you can either pay it in one lump sum, or you can pay it in installments. But if you pay it in installments, you're paying more. That is something I never do. Ever, 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 ever. If I can make a saving by paying a, a, a lump sum for something like tax or whatever, I'll do it because you you are saving money. So as so long as you actually use the product and, and are going to get use out of what you're going to do. A, a poor example, perhaps, is a, is a gym subscription. If you pay for an annual pass... And then you give up after the after the second week. Well, you're you've made a, a stupid mistake. So that the laser eye thing is is interesting. As with any medical surge, surgery, you always have to do your research and and reading into it a little bit. There are some scare stories of people have this this dry eye syndrome, and and of course you don't want things to go wrong. So it's something I'm considering. But at the heart of that as well is is actually saving saving some money there putting down the initial investment and and letting the the investment do its work over time okay slightly in more in line with financial independence now is lump summing additional cash so 
I've written down here, different from arena's mentality, having to consider tax. What did I mean when I wrote that down? <laughs> Whenever I get paid, it's it's sporadic. It comes in lumps. So what I try my best to do is to lump some additional cash when it's there and put that into my ISA and, and get it working in the market. And then once I've done that, it's it's done. I am very unlikely to withdraw from my from my ISA. Well, put it this way, I haven't done it. And even during the pandemic, in those extreme circumstances, I still didn't withdraw from my ISA. So putting the money to use in the market is is a, is a mental barrier for me. It, it goes to work and I don't consider that money to to be cash. I consider it to be part of my, my investment portfolio that way. And so I'm always towing this line. How much should I put in there? When should I do it? But a great way to to get over this mentality is just to just to do it and and to and to get the money put put the money to work for a long time which I now regret I was keeping far too much money in cash because I run a business and I have expenses and of course you want that sense of comfort knowing that you can draw upon those funds if and when you need them now I'm going currently into somewhat of a well, in a few months' time, into somewhat of a quiet period in my in my diary when I move into tail end of August, September. Currently, it's like a tumbleweed. So my freelancer brain goes, "Oh no! Like I've got I've got nothing. I'm going to have to live on the funds that I, I'm I'm currently earning to to sustain me." But that type of behavior then could stop me. And I could already sense it, actually, because I, I sense that there's a quiet period in the diary. I'm holding back a little bit more cash just to make sure that I I can all make that work. I would say, though, that I am overly cautious, perhaps too cautious, and that doesn't always serve me well. And look, in my circumstances, they are personal you can speak to other freelancers, but everyone has their own income, their own expenses, their own way that they handle it. And it's definitely been a, been a journey. Very different to Irina, though. Someone having that fixed income. And actually, she she had a, a pay rise recently, which was fantastic. And we had to have a bit of a sit-down meeting. But of course, anyone's instinct when you get a pay rise is to... It's just to keep things going the way they are. And I explained to her, well, you know, you are getting a pay increase. So really, your investment contributions should increase. That was met with a lot of resistance. Bless her. And I could understand why. And I felt terrible. Like I'm coercing her to, to save money for the, for the future. And it, it was a tough conversation. Coaching Conversation 2024. This podcast is 100% dedicated to leadership and leadership within the workplace coaching area. We work with companies throughout the world teaching leaders how to coach their employees. This podcast is dedicated to teaching specific strategies, frameworks, coaching models, and now artificial intelligence 
strategies to help leaders drive greater teamwork, collaboration, cooperation, greater attitudes, better motivation, coaching career development, just to name a few. I hope you'll check out our podcast. However, after reviewing things a little bit, we found an, a nice happy balance, and I think we, we, we both compromised for each other. But the most important thing was, in my opinion, that uh, contributions are being being increased. And that's where we can experience lifestyle creep, of course, is if you're getting pay rises but not in- increasing those investment contributions, then over time, if you think in you know, in 15 years time in your career and how much your your pay has increased and your job has changed, but you're still making the same investment contributions. Well, it's probably not going to serve you so, so well. As a freelancer, that comes more easily to me. The cash comes in, I lump sum it, get it into the market as soon as possible. Now, moving on to a slightly more mundane thing on the topic of food again, carrots. When I'm in the supermarket, I weigh the carrots these days rather than buying a pre-packeted one because it's cheaper. It's a tiny thing, but it it helps. Tea bags. Sometimes I reuse tea bags. Now I don't want to be one of those people on on that horrible US program, extreme cheapskates. But sometimes I I do that, and I think, well, why not? The tea bag is right there. It's got enough juice in it to to get another tea out of it. I, I can do that. It doesn't, doesn't cost me. Irina and I recently celebrated our second wedding anniversary, and we went out for a, a special meal in London. For any of you who are familiar with London, there's a Portobello Road in, in Notting Hill, and it's, it's quite a famous tourist street, actually. It's got lots of, of street sellers and, and markets, and it's, it's a very live and, and bustling street. And we chatted about going out for, for a meal for our anniversary. We were snowed under with work that it actually didn't happen until about two weeks after our anniversary. But we went somewhere, and a, a friend of ours was so generous to to give us a, a little financial gift so that we could we could go out and and enjoy a meal together which really helped and so we thought normally we wouldn't go out in in london to to eat because it's so expensive but someone has given us this gift so we thought let's make it happen honestly <laughs> so interesting this this be- finance and behavior is so interlinked and it's fascinating to me because this place was was Lebanese. The food was was delicious. The food came out and there were lots of different plates that we we tried. We went for basically they, they offered a a sharing meal deal, let's say, not like a Tesco meal deal, but you try, got to try lots of different dishes and it was great. And everything came, <laughs> and Irina was saying, "Oh well, I think we should." It was, there were some salads and bits. I think we should wait for the meat to arrive. And I said, "My dear, I think I think that's it. That's all that we're getting." And it was outrageously expensive. Oh my gosh! Irina got a pot of mint tea, and it was seven pounds for tea. Seven pounds, folks. That's about ten dollars or so, I think. Ten US. 
outrageously expensive and it, it was just fascinating because having this gift from someone else really helped me rationalize spending the the money on the meal but then we both questioned each other as well we'd like why why does this bother us and um can we we had a lovely time but to be quite frank that the price <laughs> it was looming underneath underneath the surfaces and it's made me question I've been listening to lots of podcasts recently about the value of money and and having that rich person's mentality. We live in a world where financial jargon makes our heads spin. However, this podcast is designed to simplify money matters through sharing stories from everyday normal people. It's designed for you. But part of this is sharing those stories with other people. And the best way you can do that is to leave a podcast review or rating. Go straight to Apple iTunes. Type in what you enjoy about the podcast because it's going to help other people give this podcast a go and to hear those inspiring financial stories. You can do it. We can do it together. Let's go back to the episode. Moving on to our next point, learning to embrace being different. If you want to go with the crowd, be a consumer. My dad would often say that to me. Don't be a man in the crowd. Be your own individual man. Don't worry about what everyone thinks. Stand out, be different. I was listening to a podcast myself yesterday, reiterating the same type of message. The moment that you start blending in with, with everyone else is, is when you lose your identity. So, so don't do that, essentially. And I, I noticed that in, in consumer culture, for sure, and... And even the, the question of, of life and structure and the things that people expect you to do, whether it's getting married at a particular age or having children or, or buying a house or having a particular job or whatever it is, we all have our, our societal norms. And I've always been someone to, to challenge those and, and to do things in my, my own way or in my own time. And I'd encourage you to do the same thing. If that means anything to you, you'll know what I mean. Back to the investing. I've written here, investing in dribs and drabs immediately as they're received. Withhold tax, put the money to work and don't think about it. This is this reiterates what I was saying earlier on. But if I'm receiving some side hustle income and it's just uh, £70, £100, it could be quite easy for that money to get mixed up or, or, or eaten up by... By the complexities of of life, going to the supermarket, doing this and that, but by taking action straight away and also withholding tax. So that means putting, I put 25% of the fee immediately into my tax pot so I don't have any nasty surprises from HMRC. It just means that I'm I'm finding that balance for for, for myself and it, it works well. And my final point on the podcast is about airport baggage and, and clothes so just when coming home from either from sweden or, or finland i had a had a nightmare i think i mentioned it on a few episodes ago where i was packing my my bags and it it was really tight and i kid you not folks i used every crevice of space on my body to make sure that i didn't pay for that that extra baggage i had but three different jumpers on a massive winter coat. I had meat in in my pockets. And you'll find this funny. 
I had meat in the freezer in Sweden that I happened to buy at the supermarket on discount, and I never managed to get round to eating it. So I brought that meat home with me. I didn't want to throw it away, and it's been in the freezer. I haven't <laughs> have another chance to to cook it. Irina has gone back to see her family this week in in Europe, so she's taken that very meat and taken it back with her to Europe. So that that packet of meat has had quite uh, quite a lot of international travels over the last few weeks, which which made me laugh. And uh, I know the rules for Brexit have, have changed all that recently, So, but she didn't get stopped or anything. So that. But this ties into a deeper overall question, and I'm very happy to, to laugh at myself and my own silly behaviours. However, listening to other people in the financial space, you do have to find this balance for yourself. And it did make me wonder, what is it about paying extra for baggage that bothers me so much. And I do think about the stress that I went through during that period. It was very, very heavy bag, a you know, 20 kilogram bag, an extra rucksack with me in this massive coat, and it was getting hot and sweaty and, and, and just very stressed about the idea of having to pay this additional whatever it was. It might have been £30. One of the frustrating parts of at this point is I had a connecting flight to catch and due to buying the flight on a third party website I wasn't able to purchase the the baggage online therefore I needed to pay baggage costs for for each leg of the flight so doubling what you would normally pay very frustrating that was with trip.com so just be aware of that. If you do use trip.com you, and you don't buy baggage when checking out, you won't be able to add it later on on that website. Bit of a shame, to be honest. Anyway, I was stressing because I, I just didn't want to pay an additional £60 for, for, for just an extra bag. and It was just bothering me so much. And I questioned myself, why is that bothering me? When I have... The amount of funds that I do, I can afford to do that. And it comes back to this question of value. I don't want to to pay for something that doesn't bring me, me value. And the, the more that I learn about myself, the more that I'm going to start to, to question myself about these things. I think you should do the same. It's important to find balance. But value is at the heart of a lot of financial decisions that I make. And we're living in times where that value is being challenged through inflation. So it's getting harder to find those those bargains or those deals. And some people are having to cut back a lot in order to make other parts of their budget work. So we're going through a transition for sure, at the moment, financially and, and in society. And this question of value is going to crop up again and again. But it's something that I'm toying with, and it's an integral part of my financial independence plan. But one thing that I'm I'm sure of is that we're we're on the we're on the path. And we've we've made great progress over the last year. Who knows what the future holds? As I mentioned earlier on, I'm going into a quiet spot in my diary. Whether or not it'll remain quiet, who knows? Always frustrating being a freelancer though, isn't it? I got a an email today asking me to to jump into a performance in Germany tomorrow evening, but due, 
due to doing another job they they wouldn't let me have the time off and and it it's very difficult balancing this freelancer life because you you want so so badly to take all of those opportunities whilst they're there and often they all come at the same time <laughs> they don't perfectly synchronize and spread themselves out throughout the year but anyway you live and you learn i hope that this episode was somewhat of an encouragement to to you on your financial independence journey or at least made you smile or, or think about your your path to to fire or to fight whichever one you're you're going for that's all for this week i'm hoping to get some more interviews out in the coming weeks i have to have some some guests lined up it's just a case of, of getting to record it all so i keep my fingers crossed see you all sometime soon on wednesday and take care ciao Please keep in mind that none of the information in this podcast constitutes as financial advice and you should seek your own independent financial advice. Please leave a review. You can do it.